And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. In the councils of government, we must guard against the acquisition of unwarranted influence, whether sought or unsought, by the military-industrial complex. That we can, and so help us God, we will make America great again. What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of the No Gimmicks Podcast. I'm your humble host, as always, Brady Leonard. Hopefully you guys had a terrific weekend. A great show for you today. I was joined by my friend Kenny Cody. Always a great time talking to Kenny. Um, We talked about the American economy on the brink of total collapse. We talked about the Democrats' latest gun control efforts and the the snake-in-the-grass Republicans who are helping them, Um, and a bunch more very cheery, optimistic, (laughs) uplifting topics I think you guys will enjoy. Uh, Before I get to Kenny, guys, if you haven't already, please follow us on Twitter at NoGimmicksPod. Please subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure to subscribe. If you are an iTunes user, please take a couple seconds to leave us a five-star rating and a good review. I would really appreciate that. And if you like the show and want to get involved, you can support us monthly over on Patreon, patreon.com slash the No Gimmicks Podcast. All right, without further ado, the great Kenny Cody. All right, guys, we're here at the great Kenny Cody. Kenny, how you been, man? Brady, I'm great, man. I'm on vacation right now, just trying to relax up from school, um, traveling to Nashville next week for uh, some community sessions and things like that, but doing well, just just, uh, trying to relax a little bit with my family. Yeah, buddy, man, can't beat that. Um, well, you could if uh, Roe versus Wade was overturned today. <laughs> yeah, that, that that would be that would be that, and uh, that, and seeing the reaction from from left liberal Twitter would have been would, would have been fantastic. But yeah, that would have been that would be the only thing that would have made it better. It would have been great. But yeah, we uh, just just to let the audience know, we were supposed to start um, recording about 15 minutes ago, but uh, the Supreme Court was issuing opinions, and we didn't want to miss the boat. <laughs> right. The, you know, if 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 we got the Dobbs opinion today, we didn't want to miss the boat and not cover it on the show, but it hasn't happened yet. Um, you know, pro-abortion leftists have shut down the street in front of the Supreme Court. Uh, insurrection. Anyway, just in case. You know, yeah, it looks a little insurrection-y um, to me, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, if you look at the photos, cops are out in force, you know, bracing for violence, you know, if, if Roe was overturned today. Um, and this is obviously, and you mentioned this, and honest to goodness, I forgot that it happened. I mean, this is five days after a leftist attempted to assassinate uh, Brett Kavanaugh. Um, like honestly, I, I forgot that it happened because the press didn't cover it. Um, oh yeah. I mean, my good. I, I know it's the the most lazy, boring thing in the world to say, oh, what if it were a Republican? But my goodness, imagine right. a Republican as- attempting to assassinate Sonia Sotomayor or somebody yeah, like exactly. that. You know? Exactly. Exactly. Well, I mean, and that's and that was the problem. Like we were we were traveling down here um, on Wednesday. Actually, is when well we left on Tuesday, stayed in a hotel, and then and then uh, traveled to Matt Lachey, and. I told my mom whenever we got here, I was like, "Did you, you did you see where Kavanaugh was? You know, with there's an armed person outside Kavanaugh was going to kill him." And she said, "No." She said, "I saw nothing about it." And that's how undercovered and and how hiding the mainstream media was from the issue was. My mother, who is who watches the news pretty much every night of her life and keeps free in tune with politics and and things like that, sports, everything else. Had not heard about it. She's on Facebook all the time. She's on social media and stuff like that, and and still knew nothing about it until I told her. And it's 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 a weird 
weird, weird thing. Like, I, I can't believe that it's almost like they're blaming, like, this is this is on you. I mean, you caused this for yourself by being, you know, anti. And he's not even issued an opinion yet. He's not even said what he would do on the case. And they're still threatening his family. You know, it's, it's not like somebody approached him outside the Supreme Court or approached him on the street. You know, this, this guy went to his house and was on the uh, was near the doorsteps of his house within about, you know, 200, 300 feet of his house with armed, with armed weapons trying to get, want, want to go in there and, and kill Kavanaugh. And the fact that we heard nothing on that and, and, and they don't care. Right. I mean, I mean, does anybody remember the congressional shooting a few years ago? I mean, they talk about political violence, insurrection and stuff like that. And the only political party to have uh, actual attempts on their life uh, the last 10 or five to 10 years has been pretty much Gabby Giffords in Arizona. And then the rest have been Republicans. Like they've been the congressional, um, the congressional caucus practicing a baseball game, the GOP congressional caucus and the, and the, the senatorial the senatorial conference. And then Brett Kavanaugh, it's just been conservative. They've been mostly targeted. So it, it, it makes no sense for the, the mainstream media could absolutely care less. It's, it's really quite sad. Yeah. I mean, they tried to kill a uh, leftist, try to kill Rand Paul like five times. Oh, in correct. A, I, yeah, in a year. I, 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 correct. Yeah. yeah. His, his left, his leftist neighbor and then him getting hoarded. I think it was after the state of the union address yeah, getting hoarded by those protesters. Yep. And, and, he, and he was the guy who brought the justice for Breonna Taylor act to the, to the, to the floor of the Senate. But they don't care because he's Republican. Yeah. I mean, this isn't sustainable, man. I no, mean, like, cult, it, you know, Chuck Schumer and Nancy Pelosi and these people, I mean, they encouraged, essentially encouraged violence against Brett Kavanaugh. I mean, they told yeah. you know, they they tell, oh, a hurricane's coming for you. You're gonna you're gonna be in a world of hurt, Brett Kavanaugh. And I mean, they're they're basically yeah. telling their shock troops to go kill conservatives. Um, I mean, this isn't this isn't sustainable. And then the corporate press, I mean, they just completely memory hole it. It's right. it's not sustainable to have two sets of laws in the country. I mean, it's not. I I don't see how this ends well. No, I I don't either. But it's just like with Lori Lightfoot. I mean, Lori Lightfoot, who's the who's the mayor of one of the biggest cities in, in the country, you know, tweeted out that it's a call to arms. I mean, that that way you can at least interpret some things of like of being threatening. Saying that this should be a call to arms is about as direct and a call to violence as it gets, especially from a United States politician and a leftist politician who has advocated. Um, for abortion rights, I've advocated for gun control and things like that. That's really worked well in Chicago. Um, but it's it's uh, it, it's the wording, and you know, and people talk about the insurrectionist language from the Republicans all the time about like, well, it, it, Donald Trump said let's go to the Capitol, so and then people went over there and got in the Capitol, so that's an insurrection or that is a a, a coup attempt or whatever. And then you have all these leftist activist politicians who are literally. Pretty much, it's just like the same thing with um, with Maxine Waters there a few years ago when we yeah. when they see Trump administration officials on the street, we should go confront them, and and that is just the language of the left. It's just the language of these people, and and, and I don't really understand what the. I, I remember my, my good friend Brian Nichols, who's also a podcast host, met um, you, awesome dude. Um, sells products that said good ideas don't require force, and. It is a. It's pretty much a testament to that statement. Pretty much a testament to how really how the left has lost its mind. Because if they did think that they can win on these issues, being pro-abortion and being pro-gun control, if they really thought 
that they could win on these issues, they would just win on these issues. They would campaign and, and make statements and advocate for these issues. But they're having to kind of use the wording in terms of force because they know these issues are not popular with the majority of, of the of the populace. And they can put all the polls they want to and, you know, these these leading questions and polls and say, well, 56 percent of Americans support gun control. But they don't. Uh, that, that, that's mainly questions leading to saying, well, do you support children not being killed by guns in school? And of course, some of the majority of people are going to say yes. And then they're like, oh, well, we're going to use this poll to advocate because 56 percent of Americans, whatever, support gun control. Uh, these issues aren't popular. If you if you look at polling on abortion uh, from a majority of Americans, if you just ask the question, should abortion be legal or should abortion be illegal? If you just ask that basic question, they're, you're, you're not going to get the response you think you're going to get. And I think the left knows that. I think Democrats know that. And they don't have anything to really stand on right now. So they're trying to advocate, well, guns are killing children and pro and pro-life abortion policy is going to kill women. Like that's the only two points they have. And that's all they have to stand on right now. Yeah, I mean, there's just something uniquely evil about, uh, you know, kind of, sort of, not really, but basically encouraging your, you know, your street communist Democrats to kill political opponents at the same time you're trying to disarm the American people. And that does strike me as uh, uniquely evil. And obviously the yep. big news of the week is 10 Republican senators have joined with the Democrats to attack our God-given right to self-defense. Uh, a framework for a new gun control bill has been agreed upon. It's it's going to pass. You know, it's going to pass yeah. the House and Senate. Um, red flag laws, enhanced background checks, and a few other provisions. And just for anybody at home who's thinking like, well, it could have been worse, right? It doesn't sound it doesn't sound that bad. Look no further than the corporate press this morning. Here's the Washington Post quote: The Senate's bipartisan gun deal is an encouraging first step. Right. The New York Times, right. quote, gun deal is less than Democrats wanted, but more than they hoped for initially. I mean, see, this is the game. I mean, they're not hiding the ball here anymore. This is the game. Give them an inch and they take a mile. And Republicans mm -hmm. are now aiding the corporate press and the Democrats in their endless quest to render the American people defenseless against the predations of the state. Uh, and, and that's really what I've never understood. Uh, if I understand if you are a Republican and you know that. You, you feel these families. I think I don't think there's anybody in the United States right now who does not feel for for for, for Uvalde. They, they don't feel for Parkland. They don't feel for. There's nobody who doesn't care about children getting killed in schools. I mean, I'm a teacher. I mean, I I, I, I if anybody feels the impact and the sadness and having to deal with these families, having to consult these families, having to console these families. I mean, it's it's something that teachers uh, have a, have more of a burden than they should in terms of training, mental health aid, things like that. However, standing on the graves of these children who have been killed to pass anti-gun laws and gun control laws, and then for these 10 Republicans, I think it was like Cornyn, Tillis, Blunt. I mean, it's all these old Romney, codgers. Yeah, yeah it's, it, it, it's these old codgers who know nothing and could care less, Graham, that could care less about what it really means to be a conservative. I mean, if you look at, at gun control laws in cities or states that have the tightest and the most secure gun control laws, if you may even call them secure or at least tight fit gun control laws in the country, 
these are the ones that have the most shootings. They're the ones that have the most violence. They're the ones who have the most illegal black market purchases and people who are who have legal guns that are giving it to people to commit other crimes. People who criminals who could care less if guns are legal or not. Could care less if gun control is passed or not. Criminals. I don't know how to get it through to people, but criminals don't care about laws. If if, if anybody needs the honest to God truth. And the most obvious common sense evaluation in the history of criminal justice, criminals don't care what you tell them is legal and illegal. If they want to commit a crime, they're going to commit a crime. If they want to go up and shoot a school, they're going to go find a way to find a gun. I don't care if it's on the black market or if they have to steal a gun from somebody else's house. If they have so much of an innate desire to go and shoot up and, and kill 20 children. They're going to do that regardless of of any gun control law the U.S. Senate passes. They could care less, and the fact the only impact these gun control laws are going to have at all. And these teen Republicans need to know this. We need to primary their asses if in, in case any of them are running for re-election again. Lindsey Graham should never step in the in, in, in the damn foot store of the U.S. Senate again. I don't know why we, we the people keep supporting the dude or not pro, trying to primary the dude. None of these but, ten Republicans are up for re-election either due to the, it's an off year. For them or retirement, and that's why they voted for it because yeah. this will get swept under the rug every single time. Because people forget. Yeah, I, I don't know. If, I don't know if it's just Republicans who do it, but Republicans forget that these are the people that vote for this kind of kind of stuff every single time. These are the it's the same ten. I mean, and, and it's just, it's just yeah. a news cycle, man. I'm a I'm, right. I do this professionally, and I forgot that a Democrat tried to kill Brett Kavanaugh five days ago. Right. <laughs> you know right. I mean, like the news cycle yeah. just moves so quickly that it just gets memory hold. Purpose, purposely, too. I mean, if, if this was like you, like we, we talked about earlier, if this was Sotomayor or if this was anybody else in the Supreme Court that was a Democratic, like Kagan or anybody else that were a Democratic leaning or a, I guess, as a liberal justice, we would not, we would not hear the end of it for two weeks. And the fact that it got slipped under, not to me, not only within a day, it got slipped, it swept under the rug within hours. Quite literally within hours. I mean, he got reported on there for about an hour or two. There, I mean, I, I remember I was I was riding the car and I was scrolling Twitter, and I remember it was the number one trend for like a few hours. But I mean, the day after it was gone. I mean, nobody cared. Nobody talked about it. They didn't have those panels. I mean, now we've moved on to the January sixth committee hearing that every mainstream media outlet is obsessed with. That isn't going. I'm going to go ahead and tell people in the case they're easy and leftists that are, are, are going to listen to your podcast. I doubt it. Occasionally, um, occasionally. Okay, they're not going to do anything. They're the mo- is the most worthless committee. Since God knows when, I guess Benghazi is the last one that that, that, that did nothing. I mean, I, I was all for you know justice for the Benghazi murders, whatever, but they did, but it didn't end up doing anything. Just like this one won't, won't end up doing anything. Um, it is the most worthless waste of time media covered committee in the in the United States history where they didn't even allow the Republicans to have seats on the committee besides Adam Kinzinger and Liz Cheney, who are basically Democrats and and, and they're they're literal rhinos i know we call people rhinos all the time these two are literal rhinos the only reason the republicans is to rebuff the republican party um but it's the biggest shame in american politics that 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 is having day-to-day wall-to-wall coverage and a scotus justice just had his life nearly done by a leftist activist and there and but then we, we care more about the january 6th committee who I, if brett kavanaugh would have been killed that would have been more people that, that, that were killed he, that would that event would have killed more people than january 6th did so i could care less about about the january 6th committee nobody else should either yeah no i, I mean i'm not 
I wouldn't even plan on talking about it on the podcast. I don't care. I mean, it, I mean, it's yeah. Liz Cheney, who's going to lose her primary uh, by twenty five points out in Wyoming, right. and Adam Kinzinger, who you know he's you know got drew out. He, I, he's, I mean, he's he was anyway. performing fellatio on the Democratic Party over and over in, in hopes that they'd accept him, but they still gerrymandered his district out of existence. So <laughs> way, exactly. way to go, way to go, bud. Don't let the door hit you on the way out. Um, yeah, good luck at good luck at MSNBC. <laughs> yeah, good luck. Good luck. I mean, they'll, they'll still hate the guy because he used to be a Republican. You know what I mean? Like, they, right. exactly. Like it's, and it's just like the absolute gall from these ten Republicans who are joining the Democrats on gun control. It's like, do do they think they'll score political points by by no. paving to leftism? I mean, like they're still. I don't know what they think, man. The corporate press will never like John Cornyn. I mean, no. The press wants John Cornyn dead. If a, if a leftist assassinated John Cornyn right now, Democrats would celebrate, and the corporate press would celebrate. And that's why my help thing them? Is, is why help yeah, them? And and like yeah, I, I know people give like Jesse Kelly and people like that a lot of flack for talking in these terms, but it's the truth. It's what? just the truth. It's like these people want you dead. These people hate your guts. Why? Right. And just the absolute the, yeah. gall that these people think they have the right to negotiate away our rights. I mean, I know we know the Democrats are authoritarians. I'm not even talking about them. I'm talking about the Republicans. How do these people get off thinking they can negotiate our, away our rights like this? And you're right that every single one of them needs to be thrown out of office. And then on the gun stuff, I mean, we've made so much progress at the state level. I mean, that's where the war can actually be won on the state level, right? Like, I don't mm-hmm. think Congress is salvageable. I, I think they're always going to be coming for our rights. I mean, if you send a Republican to Congress five years later, they're they're basically a Democrat coming for your rights. I mean, that's just, you see it sure. time and time again. Somebody runs as a conservative. You know, somebody might even run with, like, you know, some libertarian values, and five years later, they're coming for your guns. That's just what happens in Washington, D.C. It's like just, you just step foot into that city, and you're just corrupted or something. Exactly. I don't know. It's, it's, just as soon as you step in. Power. But, I mean, look, yep. like, we have, you know, at the state level— you know, we have 25 states that uh, that have adopted constitutional carry. You know, I mm-hmm. mean, keep that up, man. Pedal to the metal in the Republican-led state legislatures. Nullify these federal gun laws. Free your constituents. Like, we can win the war on the state level. Like, I don't, I don't even have any hope for Congress. I mean, like, I, I, I hope Republicans clean up in November, and hopefully that helps a little bit. But like, when it comes to to gun freedom, I mean, it's it's happening at the state level, not not in D.C. Right, and, and and that's really the only reason we, that we care about the abortion stuff. Is because we just want the allowance, Steve. Because right now, you know, Roe prevents states from banning straight up banning abortion. Right, and that's the reason that we want things like the one Roe to pass at all. Because the, the Supreme Court matters on, you know, I mean, the U.S. Senate matters, and, and the and the laws they want to pass in the U.S. Senate, the states can always reject them and say, well, that has the federal law. This is going to be the state law. But but but, but Roe itself prevents states from being able to have their own. Abortion. Abortion laws. So, if we just get past that step on abortion, and then we can control our own uh, gun control laws, or and I, let me just say the lack of gun control laws that we are promoting, Republicans like me and you are promoting in our own states. Um, that's where the, like you said, that's where the battle is won. Is, is but it, it, you asked that question a little bit earlier, like what do these people think they're getting out of, um, of voting for things like this? And I, I really don't know. I, I, my only guess would be lobbyists, and my only guess would be money because i don't really see the an, another point i mean i understand people like collins Col- collins is a, at least a little bit more understandable or she's a republican from maine um but the rest of the people on that list like burr and graham well, like collins and others claim to be a right winger or anything exactly the rest of these people campaigned on on anti-gun control yeah, yeah. i mean but my, my god lindsey graham you know, runs on the Trumpist agenda, agenda, or at least pretends to, and he turns around and votes for 
God, he turns around and votes for gun control. I mean, like I said, I I could I could care less. Because, I mean, Corden surprises me probably more than than anybody else on that list. I mean, Portman, Romney, Toomey, Cassidy, Burr, Blunt. Like I don't, I'm not surprised by any of that. I'm a little bit more surprised by Tillis and Corden probably more than anybody else, yep. especially Corden being from Texas. But the thing about that is, man, it's it's, it's always the same ten. Like it's always the same ten or fifteen Republican senators that end up caving on this kind of stuff. And I, and I'm really never understood. Why? Like, what are they? And the Collins, it, Collins is maybe the is maybe the only one that I actually somewhat understand. But the rest of those those people are from solid Republican states. Toomey maybe, but Toomey's retiring. But Collins is really the only person who is, lives in a, a secure, one of the most liberal states in the country in Maine, at least voting for president wise. And besides that, none of those have none of those those Republicans have reason to vote for this. Rather that I'm just guessing either the belief the government should have more say and we're just a little bit more socially conservative than the liberals or they're, they're just getting paid by lobbyists and getting paid by corporations to vote like this. That's, that, that is my only two guesses. The thing is, if and when this law, this this becomes, it's just framework right now. There isn't any legal language. It's not even a bill yet. Um, but if this is passed, and it probably will be, it's going to get a lot of people killed. Like, I'm mm-hmm. pro-gun because I'm trying to save innocent lives. It's the same reason why I'm anti-war. Say it's basically that just if you boil down my entire political philosophy, I just want less people dying. Like that's that's, hey, uh, that's all I care about in the world of politics. And here's the mm-hmm. thing: this is why you cannot do this. What these Republicans are doing, you cannot negotiate with the Democrats, because I I truly believe the Second Amendment amendment has probably saved ten million American lives already. And I, right. I I truly mean that because I don't think Woodrow Wilson was any less evil than Joseph Stalin. Right. Okay. Like I, 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 I don't think so. I don't think FDR was less evil than Fidel Castro. I really don't. FDR rounded up Japanese Americans and shipped them off to concentration camps for multiple years. Okay. Like right. I, if you don't think that we haven't had our fair share of Stalin's and Mussolini's in the White House, you're kidding yourself. Correct. I mean, like, to say, like, do you think? I mean, obviously, you know, Woodrow Wilson was old and sick, and he was basically like comatose, and his wife ran the ran the country for the last year and a half. But if he were like younger and healthier. Mm-hmm. And the American people were disarmed. Do you think Woodrow Wilson wouldn't have tried to become a dictator and slaughter millions or tens of millions of his political opponents? He absolutely would have. The man he was a racist. Will. He was a violent communist, essentially. Maybe fascist would be closer uh, mm-hmm. than communist even when you're talking about Wilson. But, I mean, he, he was absolutely as morally depraved as Joseph Stalin. He was just as evil. Stalin killed 20 million. I, I, I think it's fair to assume there would have been a genocide on U.S. soil perpetrated by the government. Mm-hmm. At some point in the 20th century, if we weren't armed to the tits, okay. Right. So like this is like this is literally life or death for tens of millions of innocent women and children. That's why I want you to buy an AR-15. That's why, right. because I because it will happen. We've had men in the White House who are just as evil as the evil monsters of history. Okay, it happens. The reason why they weren't able to act on that is because we are armed. Okay, that's the bottom line. I mean, like I I why can't anybody speak about the Second Amendment in these terms, in terms of our elected officials. I mean, this is life and death. These, this is a life and death issue. Yep, and, and, and I think that the bad part about that is, is that authoritarian and fascist has been just 
drove driven into the ground by the by, by the liberals and calling Republicans and conservatives the ones that are the fascists. The only the only Republicans that I'm going to call fascists are these ones that vote for gun control. Yeah. Um, because these these are the people that want to take your rights away. These are the people that, that, that want the government to have every say in your life and, and want to control your life and be able to have access to do the things that you mentioned in genocide and government and governmental control, authoritarian regimes. I mean, the, the reason that they're willing to take guns away isn't because they care about dead children. It isn't because they care about gun violence. It's, it is because they care about gang violence either. It's because they want to disarm the the, uh, the, the electorate. They want to disarm the American citizenry <laughs> with no other desire. And they want to be able to come in your homes, take your guns. They want to be able to take your rights away. They want to be able to make you pay for health care. They want to make you make you pay for government ran government run lives that these American people are going through. They want to be able to control every single aspect without retaliation. That's the only reason anybody is is anti is is pro gun control. They they like I said, it, it, it's such a sad thing that fascist and authoritarian have been attached to the idea of not only because when that those terms are used they aren't used to describe these teen republicans that vote for gun control they're used to describe people like donald trump Rand paul thomas massey and all these other republicans that actually want to shrink government that actually want to shrink authoritarian regimes these are the people that are as anti-fascist and anti-authoritarian as anybody the libertarians and the and the liberty-leading republicans that are in the u.s congress or in the u.s senate or at the state level or at the at the local level at the city county level whatever these are the people that are as anti-authoritarian and anti-fascist as anybody in, in, in American history, but they're, they are the only ones that get these names attached to them. And, and that's for a good reason. Uh, people have to start realizing and start really looking between, reading between the lines of why they call these specific people fascist authoritarians is because the, they're, the only, they're the only ones that are actually fighting against authoritarian fascists. They, because these ten Republicans are the only people that I, the only Republicans that I would ever even think about calling authoritarian or fascist because they want to disarm the citizenry. And that is the first step of an authoritarian regime is to disarm the citizenry, give the government the police all the guns. So then we can go ahead and pass all the laws we want to at gunpoint. That is the point. That is the reason that any of these laws are even being thrown in the air or even being thought about. And and that's the that's the saddest part because I think like we talked about earlier that's all the Democrats have is we need to disarm the citizenry so we can pass the laws that we want to pass. And if they have anything to say about it, we're going to, we're, we're going to put a barrel at their forehead. That is yeah. the only reason they can, the only way they can win is let's stand on the, on the backs of dead children. Let's stand on the backs of women who need mental health counseling and need uh, to have their, you know, it's a tough decision in their, in their life. Let's stand on, 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 on women. Let's stand on dead children. Let's see what we can get past. That's their only hope in convincing the American electorate to give them the power to do these things. And, and, and that should tell, that should tell the American electorate and should tell independents, especially all they really need to know about how, about the state of the democratic party, the state of, of, of postmodern leftist thought is. Yep. No, you're absolutely right. And these, these Republicans are complicit. They're complicit in allowing the Democrats to move the ball one step closer to an eventual genocide. I mean, like that—that's that right. is the reality of what we're seeing right now. I mean, that, that a genocide happens after a major population is disarmed. It's happened. I mean, it's pretty much every time. So I, uh, yeah, man. I mean, it's it's completely inexcusable. Um, before I let you go, we obviously have to talk about um, 
what's happening in the economy right now. I mean, it, this morning was an absolute bloodbath. The stock market is down huge. Crypto right. is collapsing right now. Bitcoin's like, where's Bitcoin right now? Oh, in the dumps. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's terrible. And the S&P 500 is officially in a bear market. Um, mm-hmm. This is after on Friday, the inflation rate spiked to 8.6%. The rural number is obviously <laughs> a lot higher. Um, right. We'll get into it a bit more in, in more detail in a second. But, man, it's like it's only been a year and a half of the Biden regime. <laughs> I mean, it's only been a year and a half of Democratic governance, and we're already in a recession, and gas is $5 a gallon, and, and the stock market's falling apart. I mean, it's like... It didn't have to be this way. We warned you, people. Uh, we warned you, we, and you we, didn't uh, listen. I, 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 I tell people for like, I saw a video on it was like Instagram or something like that the other day. Like I voted for I voted for Biden because I thought he'd be better than Trump, but Trump twenty twenty four. And I know that's that that's that's funny to a lot of people, but it, it's it's what we warned you about. Like it's it's what we all started to talk about. It's this is what happens with democratic governance. They take they take priority. And appealing to leftist ideologies and appealing to leftist talking points, even though it's only around 15 percent of the voting population and 15 percent of the electorate, they appeal to that such a minute part of the population and the minute part of issue. And that's what they care about because they want to seem like the good guys and the, the moral virtue signalers that, that they will make sure that they're petting uh, the people who are the most offended and the people who are going to be the least affected or the most affected. Um but they don't care about the real actual governance. They don't care about prioritizing the economy. They don't care about prioritizing people's lives, finding a way for to separate corporate ideas from governmental ideas. They don't care about these things. So what they, they want to do is kind of just be like, oh, well, they're, they're the ones that are standing up for what's morally right. Well, Republicans actually cared about you making your own decisions for what's morally right and not the government and tr- protecting and, and, and allowing you the opportunity to afford to be able to have an opinion. Now people can't even afford to have an opinion because they, don't, they can't even afford to, to drive to their grandmother's house because of gas. <laughs> right. They can't afford anything. And that's the, that's the worst part about it is that the people who did not vote for, 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 for Trump and the people who did vote for Biden – Everybody's being punished. It didn't matter who you voted for, no. because it does matter because somebody put him in office. But everybody's being affected. It isn't. It isn't just the Biden voters. It isn't just the Trump voters or the third party voters or whatever. Everybody under the umbrella, if you voted or not, is getting affected by this president. And I and I really hope that we finally realize. And one thing that that is a is a uh, it's not going to happen, but it's always a glimmer of hope that I have after approved ratings and and losing elections affect the changing and turn of a party. I really hope that Democrats fi- maybe finally somewhat see see somewhat of a lot, and we have got to stop prioritizing things that doesn't matter. You know, the they, EPA they they and won't. they, it's always just a hope and, and it's, it, it's a worthless hope. Republicans have learned a lot more about that kind of stuff, losing elections and, and what actually appeals to the American public than the Democrats were on anti-war stuff and things like that. But I wish that they would just see like, why can't we have the John F. Kennedy? And I hate John F. Kennedy, but 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 why, why can't we have the John F. Kennedy and and people and, and those t- t- the Ted Kennedys and things like that who actually thought about the impact of prioritizing things that don't make a damn in terms of politics? Like, why can't we not get to that point? Like, I've I never really understood why people care about uh, Ukraine 
and people care about in the environment, the, the 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 Green New Deal and things like this. Like it, it doesn't make any sense when people are start are, are struggling to not only get groceries from Walmart, but actually struggling to drive to Walmart because of gas prices. Like that's the point where we are in the country. Bloomberg had a piece this morning about the awful position that poor little Fed Chair Powell is in. <laughs> deciding right. whether or not to, to send the, the piece. I, I'll just give you the overview is essentially, you know, Powell has to decide whether or not to send the uh, economy into a recession to help curb inflation. And well, a, a couple things. One, we're already in a recession. <laughs> I know right. the recession is two consecutive quarters of negative growth, but ladies and gentlemen, we're there. Congratulations. We are. Yep. In, I'm, I'm sorry. I just look around you. We are in a recession. Uh, and, and then also that shift, that ship has sailed, and Kenny, you're a you're an economics teacher, so like, you know, you you know this better than anybody. Like, the fact that people are still thinking that Powell is going to come in here and save the day, it's just not going to happen. I mean, they, like, what would the Fed funds rate have to be to even start the process of getting a handle on inflation? It's at one percent right now. A few right. weeks ago, they raised it from 0.5 to 1%, and it's crashed the stock market, okay? In 1980, right. I think it was January 1980, the Fed funds rate hit the all-time high of 20%, right? And that was dealing right. with the similar rate of inflation that we're seeing right now. You know, the average rate on a 30-year mortgage hit almost 18.5% in 1981. Like, that is the, the level of interest rates that we would have to have to actually cool off the economy. There's no political will. Like, Trump, I mean, Powell might raise it. I don't know, in the next year, like another point and a half, two points. But that's nothing. That's a drop in the bucket. Like, that's, that's not right. going to stop people from taking out loans. That's not really going to do anything. That's not going to scratch the surface. So it's it, like, would, it, it would need to be 15 or, 15 or 18% for 15, three to yeah. even have, have somewhat of an impact. Right. Yeah, and it, there's just no political will for that. I mean, no. I think that it's, that's just simply not going to happen. And then also, like, you know, obviously, if you... If you if, let's say Powell comes on TV today, we're jacking up the Fed funds rate to fifteen percent. That would hurt the rich. <laughs> you know yes, I mean? that would right. hurt the rich. But you know, inflation doesn't hurt the rich. They don't care. Like if you're no. if you're a millionaire, you don't care if gas is five. You don't care if gas is twenty dollars a gallon. You know, if you're, absolutely care less. You, you could care less. But so, like always, they're going to allow inflation to absolutely wreck the poor and wreck the middle class, and they're going to protect their own assets. Correct, and and. and and that's that's what I love about the Democratic Party is that they you almost they, they have ver- to respect it, man. You almost I, I have kinda, to respect the hustle. Kind of respect it because you know people like AOC and all these other people you know sell T-shirts for sixty-five dollars and say tax the rich, <laughs> and they're not willing to do. They're not even don't have the gall or the guts to 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 raise that to punish the people because that that's their donors. Could you imagine the reaction for Joe Biden on Wall Street? If they did raise that that, oh, that yeah. percentage to fifteen, or Hollywood, like, you know, like the oh my god, yeah, man, yeah, I, I, I couldn't imagine, and they don't have the gall to do it. Like they know they could, they know they could, and they and they won't, and that's what kills me about the Democrat. What I love about them though is that they virtue signal to that point. They virtue signal to the point of like, well, yeah, the rich are evil and the billionaires are evil. Elon Musk, blah, 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 Peter Thiel, evil evil billionaires, whatever. And then they're not even going to do the one thing they have the power to do and the power to punish and the power to fund. They're not even going to do that because they're too scared of the repercussions. And the fact that we're the ones that are like, well, they're pro-corporation and they're pro-billionaire and they, they, they love the rich and they hate the poor – uh, if anybody, if anybody's policies have affected the disproportionately affected the poor the last 
10 years, I think it's been the year and a half of Joe Biden and, and trying to literally starve and literally incapacitate people in their own homes because, because they, they did it for, they did it for a year anyway and advocate for COVID policies. And now everybody's having to stay home because of gas prices. It's the, it's the saddest thing in the world. And I've never, I've never really understood what the solvency has ever been. It's like, well, how do we solve this? January sixth, and how do we solve this? <laughs> January sixth, <6th>. uh, <laughs> Ukraine. Let's let, 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 oh yeah, we're we're in a near recession, but let's let's all Republicans and Democrats let's hold hands and vote to send the, Ukraine forty billion dollars because Russia like that. It, it, it is the most I've never seen such a lack of solvency for issues that the United States is dealing with than the solutions provided by by neocons and the liberals in the Democratic Party. Like it is the it is the saddest and most because uh, solvency was a big deal. Like I was a debater in college. Solvency was all when we, when we had debated issues, we, we always had to prioritize how is this going to solve this issue. Right. And solvency is so lacking in any congressional or governmental approach to any policy that out of state it's it's mind-blowing like it's it's truly truly mind-blowing that we can't have any solvency to any issue and the one things that people the one solution people are providing to any issue are (laughs) let's let's provide abortion rights and let's provide gun control to death or whatever like it, it, it is the most inconsistent lack of actual solution and actual problem solvency that I've ever seen in American politics. And it comes from the right and it comes from the left. I mean, I, I'm, I'm not a third party or anything like, like that, never will be. But it's it's a very sad predicament that when we have, you know, 15 percent or probably more, 25 to 30 percent of the Republican Party and then 100 percent of the Democratic Party that are willing to give our rights away just to make people feel good and feel good. The, the, the warm tinglys in their heart about that. They help somebody and, and, and they help any solvencies and the solutions people are coming up with are going to hurt more people than they're going to help. And, and oh. I, I, I'm, I've never really understood why that's the things they, they choose to concentrate on. Yeah. I mean, without question. And I mean, on the bright side, Kenny, it's going to get much worse. <laughs> right. I mean, exactly. That, that's the thing, man. And we, we really don't know what the real, actual rate of inflation is um and like well a great thing about humanity and god god gave us the ability to adapt to things extraordinarily quickly right i think human beings just adapt to change subconsciously and very quickly but like gas the price of gas is increasing a dollar a month right that's crazy there's there's no commodity on earth that should be organic that would organically increase in cost by like 20% every month. Right. I mean, that, that's like, that's not normal. We've never seen anything like this before. Um, so it's going to get, it's going to get bad, man. I, I think right. this is the last shoe to drop was the stock market. And it looks like finally the stock market is entering a bear market. Um, yep. As of today, essentially. Um, I mean, uh, we could, we could look back at Monday, <laughs> June 13th as a, as a tipping point, honestly, I, it, you know, we'll, we'll see, but, uh, it's like just constantly that Simpson <laughs> when it comes to the economy it, and it, it's every day you wake up and it's like the Simpsons meme of like, this is the worst day of my life. Now this is the worst day of your life. So far. Well, that, that's the economy. <laughs> it's like, yeah. It's the economy if, every if, day, if, man. If, every day. Yeah. If, if, if every day's groundhog day for the, no, I'm sorry. That's the exact opposite. Every day's a worse groundhog day. It's the yeah. same. It's the same things get that going over and over again. The economy gets worse and worse and people could care less and less. And it's, it, it is the, 
it's the antithesis of it is the antithesis of conservatism is the antithesis of libertarianism to believe that the government can have any sort of of minute power to actually solve problems and this is what happens everybody let's let's just go ahead and, and provide this is what happens when government has control they fail at everything they have solvency and solution to nothing and they stand on people on the backs of people who are struggling or dead to make sure that they get, they can get reelected that is the the modern democratic party and i hope people start to realize that absolutely ending the podcast on a happy note as always <laughs> as oh yeah always. <laughs> doom and gloom but Sorry, we told you so. Hey, when we get some good news, we'll report it. I promise. <laughs> I promise. It's, just, it's been a minute, man. It's been a while. It, it'll, it'll be maybe 2022 when we win back, win back to the Senate and the House, and then 2024 when these idiots are out of office before we're able to do that. Yeah, I couldn't come fast enough, man. Kenny, my brother, thanks for doing this, man. We'll do it again soon. Where can everybody uh, read your stuff and keep in touch, follow you online, all that good stuff? Oh, yeah, man. Right, so y'all can follow me on Twitter at, at KDCodyTN. Same for Truth Social. Um, find me on Facebook at Kenny Cody and find me on Instagram, same way, Kenny Cody. Um, keep up for my – you can get in my muck rack on, uh, on Google to find um, the archives of every, pretty much every article that I've ever written. Just type in Kenny Cody muck rack and you'll, muck rack and you'll be able to find that. And uh, appreciate you having me on, Brady, as always, man. It's always good talking to you and, uh, and shooting the uh, you-know-what about politics. But I appreciate you having me on, man. It's always a pleasure. Absolutely, man. We'll do it again soon. Everybody follow Kenny. He's great. That's all I got for today. I'm Brady Leonard. I'll be back on Wednesday. No gimmick. Thank you.